Coming up, Lav and I talk tiger, torn shirts, and a little bit of turkey. Welcome to the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Taylor Gooch delivered an epic performance this weekend as he clinched his first PGA Tour win at the RSM Classic. The Callaway Tour staffer separated from the field with an epic speed driver, X-Forge CB irons, and a new Odyssey prototype putter in his bag. With the victory, Taylor is now number one in the FedEx Cup standings. The epic driver family continues to win on tours around the world, including major championships and gold medals this year. And Odyssey is the number one putter on every major tour. For more information, visit CallawayGolf.com today. Lav, he is back. Two-second video nearly broke the internet on Sunday. Tiger Woods released on all of his social media platforms. I don't know how to describe this. Three-quarter wedge swing. Looked like he was trying to hit a knockdown of some sort. A lot of things to touch on here. The one thing I wanted to start with is some on social media became breathless. And I don't want to name any names, Todd Lewis, but started thinking that maybe he could play the father-son challenge with his Stop son, it, Charlie. Rex. Maybe he Rex, that's, a, that's in like a month. I, I'm that's with you. I, I'm with you. Because there was nothing in that video to make, lead me to believe that he's ready to walk 72 holes at an event, try to compete at the highest level. It's great. I want to get that right. Let's, let's take it right off the top. I mean, anyone who saw the car crash, anyone who read the injury reports, anyone who read the police reports, just the fact that he's upright, he's walking around, he's swinging a club, however effectively he's doing that, it is absolutely amazing. And I guess we all should have expected it from Tiger Woods, but I just don't see how he's anywhere close to competing again. Yeah, first of all, this was utterly shocking to to see, to, to get the notification that popped up on my phone that, that once again, this is the exact same caption that he had in 2017 when he released that driver video ahead of the Hero World Challenge that he said making progress. Four years later, after another back injury, after just a horrific car accident mangled his right leg, he is once again, quote, making progress uh, on social media. It is shocking. I think it was even last week's podcast, all these podcasts tend to run together. But I think last week we were talking about the TMZ video that came out that showed him in California. He still had the compression sleeve on his right leg. He was walking with a noticeable limp, you know, even though he was, you know, walking fine, getting up the stairs seemed to be a bit of a chore. And then a week later he releases this video where, where you're right. He's probably swinging what 50 to, to 70%, uh, all things considered nine months removed um, from a was you know, for all intents and purposes, a life-threatening uh, car accident. It was incredible to see the the positions, the tempo. I mean, it all looks it all looks awfully good. And I actually can't help but wonder if the forced time off helped his back a little bit. I think it was reasonable to expect Rex that Tiger had probably started doing a little bit of chipping and putting. We saw the the picture about a month or two ago of him at a junior golf tournament with a club in hand. I think, I think it was probably realistic to think that he could do that um, in the backyard uh, with son Charlie as he was gearing up for some of his own tournaments. But we did not see this coming. We did not know that he was this far along in his recovery to be able to hit wedge shots or nine irons or seven irons, whatever that is that he was hitting there. Uh, it looks really good. It looks really promising. It looks really encouraging. But come on, he is not going to play a competitive golf tournament in a month. I still even think Augusta National and the Masters seems like a stretch at this point. Well, no, I want to drop into wild speculation because that's always what makes podcasts fun. And, and I kind of had some ideas maybe next year based on this two-second piece of information, which is three all we seconds. have. It's, it's, it's three seconds. And Rex, what's your, what's your best guess on Twitter? How many views this has? Uh, I was about 30 seconds behind you on retweeting it, and it, that was four minutes after he had posted it, and it already had 56,000 views. So uh, a day later, I don't know, man. I mean, a million maybe? I, I'm not very good at that. How a many? million. Yeah, you're no, not, I, apparently, really? you're not, apparently you're not very good at this. Uh, so we're recording this at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. We were so excited to do this podcast. We probably should have done it even on Sunday after this dropped. We are now up to 6.8 million views it's laughable that the golf world could think that anyone other than tiger woods could win this pip race because with one horrific car crash unfortunately <laughs> and then one viral tweet the dude just won eight million dollars to be the tour's needle mover he is the meet the new king uh same as 
the old king. Sorry, Brooks Bryson. Sorry, Phil. Uh, Tiger is the Pip King with six point eight million. Jim Herman, Joel Damon. Come on, what about the others? It. It's Damon for the millionth time. It is Domin. Joel Damon. It is not Damon. He's always going to be Damon in my heart. Uh, no, it's funny. With one all right, three-second video, I'll give you 2.5 seconds, maybe. I will admit that he won $8 million yesterday. So good for Tiger. It was the biggest haul for him of the year from a competitive standpoint. He, he was able to close out that pip race just in the, in the nick of time, right before the final regular season event. So uh, congratulations to him. But as far as speculation goes, no, he's not playing. And look, I'm sure Charlie's game is, is spot on right now. I'm sure he could carry his dad around that golf course and they could compete again at the father's son. And it was a very, very cool thing watching them compete. However, there's nothing in that video other than the sleeve on his leg that leads me to believe that he's anywhere close to being able to just be upright for 18 holes. Cause again, so, so for there, so there, I actually have to disagree with you. And this is like some forensic detail nonsense that we're going to get into here, but cause that's what we're going to do on this podcast. But to me, Rex, the launch monitor in the foreground actually, to me, suggests that this has been going on now for a couple of weeks and that he's been ramping up to this point. I mean, this wasn't his initial foray onto the range where he just stumbled. Oh, this wasn't hey, the first swing. Hey, no, hey, absolutely no, I'm not. saying, but, but it's not just, hey, hey, Rob, flip, flip on the video. Let's get people excited for the Hero World Challenge, which Rob I think McNamara, we can get into right as, as well. Right. So to me, having the launch monitor there, to me, that suggests that he's ready to start looking at the numbers, the speeds, the conditions that now his rebuilt body is capable of producing. He wants to learn where he is in his recovery. That, to me, suggests you know maybe he, maybe he is playing 18-hole rounds. Maybe he is capable of doing an hour-long uh, range session. To, to me, that actually suggests that that he can play golf if he's ready to start diving into the the nitty-gritty cold cold hard numbers now and this is you know those of us who study these things and and go through the film you know frame by frame to see i'm not 100 percent sure where that was at Uh, i have asked people i have been to the medalists no i've been to the medalist range and uh, it doesn't look like that i I think that i again not 100 percent sure but i feel like that's the range at his house which, and you're absolutely right. It's clear that he's been sitting there. That wasn't the first swing. That's not the range at his house. Are you nuts? Uh, well, it's not the range at Medalist because I've been to the range at Medalist, humble brag. Um, so I don't know where that would <laughs> is be. Is that the range at the Bahamas? Um, no, I feel is, like that range is, is bigger too. He is wearing, he is wearing an Albany hat. Uh, well, he's a member at Albany. I wear, uh, I know. I have an Albany hat I wear as well. That doesn't mean that I play golf there. It just means I, I broke into the pro shop once and was able to drop $40. Is that, is that, is that Bears Club? Is that Bears Club? Uh, could be. Yeah. I mean, but that, the, the move beyond that speculation. That is not his house. There's no chance that that's his house. Why would you say that? I mean, how many, how many acres do you think he has? A lot of acres. I mean, I've seen the overhead. I've He's never right on the that. water. He's right on the intercoastal. He doesn't have uh, this many acres. I don't, I, don't care. Care. I don't care if he's Tiger Woods. Anyway, you're getting caught, caught lost in the weeds here. What I wanted to touch on was, you're absolutely right, with the, the launch monitor, the divot patterns, which, by the way, wildly impressive, almost more impressive than the swing. I mean, they, those divot patterns were spot on. The one thing that I would say, though, is as far as looking ahead, trying to figure out where, when we might see him again, if he could swing harder, faster, stronger than that, he would have. He, he's not holding back on the video to show the world. So my guess is that's where he's at right now, which there is nothing wrong with that. Again, I'll go back to how I started this with, it's absolutely amazing. He has made this progress since that horrific car crash in February where, I mean, multiple surgeries, two different hospitals, months and months of rehab. I talked to doctors. I Literally talked to three experts. weeks in the hospital, Rex, a three week hospitalization for this accident. I- I talked to doctors. I talked to medical experts. I mean, no one had anything positive to say about this for a couple of different reasons. Obviously, whatever the injuries were that he sustained in the crash, and we were given a little bit of a glimpse right after the initial surgeries. Beyond that, the one thing that every doctor talked to me about was, and you mentioned this, that the back issues, the neck issues, the hip issues that he has been dealing with, ongoing dealing with, all of those things will be put on the back burner, which means he gets however many months six, seven, eight months behind in that rehab process, in that mobility training, 
everything that he needed to do just to make sure he was upright. He could, he could play golf before this crash is suddenly seven months behind schedule. And so for him to not only overcome everything that happened in the crash, but for him to bounce back and to be able to get back on the horse and you shouldn't be surprised. We knew it. I think both of us have said it all along. If anyone can do it, he can. I think the only thing I ever said was, I just don't know what his motivation was. This doesn't necessarily answer that, but it does give you a glimpse that, yeah, maybe he wants to do this again, which is great. Yeah. I mean, Justin Thomas said on the no laying up podcast that he, that he believes Tiger would at least try to play again, whether that means he tries it again at a PGA tour event, whether that means he tries it again on the range, whether that means he tries again at medalist and decides whether or not he wants to go forward. Uh, we don't really know. Um, this suggests Tiger putting it out there that, that, yeah, he is, he's firmly on the comeback trail. You don't make progress with you in a golf swing. If you're not at least having the intentions of playing a tournament golf, Again, to me, now that I'm, I keep looking at this, and now it is saying two seconds. Were you right? Why, why did it say three seconds on my phone, and now it says two seconds? No, uh, it was, it was definitely like, two seconds. Yeah, I mean, it huh. was like famously That's two fascinating. seconds. fascinating. But I, I try to be the good teammate and not correct you, so keep going. That's fine. Now I'm, now I'm just distracted uh, by the swing uh, over and over again. I think when you, when you start to look at, at motivation, you think of, does Tiger want to end his – his PJ tour, his legendary hall of fame golf career uh, with him in a rollover crash in Southern California. I think you know, being the proud champion that he is, he would at least not want to end his career like that. I think that's one motivation. Secondly, and he was not in this video, but we saw him in earlier clips, his son, Charlie, I think last year you recovered that PNC championship uh, at the Ritz Carlton course in Orlando. I, I mean, that was a different tiger that we saw. And I actually wrote a column uh, following that event, talk about how Charlie could actually help extend Tiger's career, how he could, you know, co- kind of want to keep up with his young cub. It would keep him competitive. It, was keep, it would keep him sharp. It would keep him motivated. And I, I still think that's the case. We don't know how much Charlie is pushing Tiger to, to get back on the range or, or Joe LaCava, his caddy, uh, for, for that matter. I mean, this is a, a very prideful individual um, who, who didn't want to go out who didn't want to go out quietly at all. No. And the part, and again, I want to get into the reckless speculation because you, you dropped the masters. And I find that interesting because the place means so much to him. And again, we're not a hundred percent sure. We have two seconds to base any of these wild. It is two. It is not three. Yep. It's definitely it two. two. Yes. It's definitely two. Thanks for zeroing in on that rain, man. Uh, but the one part that, that I found fascinating, you know, trying to, to look ahead is you're absolutely right. I, I think Charlie's, love of the game, his passion for the game. He's clearly talented. Uh, We saw that last year at the father-son. That was always going to keep him engaged. I guess the part that I was always caught up on is knowing the things that he never really talked about was everyone just thought he showed up and was great. And I don't, once you talk to the Butch Harmons of the world and the Sean Foley's of the world and the Hank Haney's, the people who were there when he was putting in those 12-hour days on the range, working out in the gym to get ready to be that great, I don't know at some point, don't you get tired of doing that? I mean, that, that's the difference between a great athlete and an average athlete, right? I mean, when you, when we, when yes. we define- I mean, you just, you just can't coast at age 45, soon to be 46. You just can't coast. And he never could. have to log hours. You can't, you can't just. And he never did that. that. Yeah. I think it was always wildly unfair. Innate skill. Yeah. I thought it was always wildly unfair for people just to say, well, you know, God, he, he's so good. I, I go back to the famous John Daly story where he's in the bar drinking one year at, at Bay Hill with his pro-am partners and Tiger's coming in from the range and it's almost dark. And, and JD asked him, sit down and have a drink, relax a little bit. And Tiger shakes his head. No, I'm going to putt for a little while. And he goes, well, what are you going to do that for? Come on, come have a relax. And he goes, I'm not as talented as you, which, which, which was so telling to me that Tiger Woods in a moment of humility, I can only imagine was no, I have to keep doing this because I want to keep moving in that direction and whatever it takes to move me in that direction. I just wonder at what point in your life when you've faced all of these physical challenges, all of these mountains that he's had to climb physically to get to where he was, to get back to win the Masters, to get back to win the Zozo Championship and to tie Sam Snead. Does he have that motivation again? I was, I, I'm still not 100% sure, but I'm certainly more encouraged now than I was before. 
Yeah, and you have to remember too, Rex, that before he uh, snapped that winless route at the Tour Championship in, in 2018, I mean, Tiger talked about how he could not log the hours that he used to do in practice. I think particularly on the putting greens, his his putter, once easily the best on the PJ Tour, had really started to betray him. He was actually losing strokes to the field on the greens uh, throughout P- throughout his, his rounds on the PJ Tour throughout the season, which was just unfathomable for someone who has seen uh, Tiger hold the number of clutch putts that he had throughout his career. But it was a product of him not being able to put in the time, either at home at Medalist working on his game or even, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, when he gets the golf course, not being able to spend an hour on the putting green, really dialing in a speed. I know Hank Haney talked about that endlessly, about how Tiger's speed control was off because he was not able to put in the time. So is he able now to, with his rebuilt leg, in his rebuilt back, as well as prior injuries to his neck and his wrist and his knees. I mean, he's, he's just had countless ailments throughout his career. Is he able to log enough practice time to keep up with the John Roms and the Kyle Morikawa's and the Justin Thomases? I think conventional wisdom probably says no, that he's going to have to work smarter, not necessarily harder. Um, but I've always been of the belief that and you see the the video here with the positions that he's able to swing the club. I mean, you just you just don't lose that. If Tiger's able to swing the golf club, is he if he's able to uh, endure seventy two holes of walking and the various challenges that comes with tournament golf, then he, he absolutely could win again. I think the bigger question that apparently now has been answered is: Can he physically swing the golf club? Still, that was a huge question mark. If you remember. Right after the injury, and you talked about Could he walk? A bunch, a Forget about the golf club. The only yeah. thing we had seen since the crash was him on uh, holding a golf club as a crutch, by the way, watching Charlie hit balls in the junior event, and then walking around with a real crutch. So you immediately yeah. went to, forget about swinging the golf club. Can he just walk? It, it, it's, his right, it's his right leg. That's his load leg of a golf swing. And look, legs can be rebuilt. I'm not a doctor, but if you look at, any injury in other sports. I mean, if you have a broken leg, that can be redone. It was the ankle that in particular for a golf swing was going to be the most challenging for him. And looking at this swing video, he has a compression sleeve on his right leg. And, and by the way, Tiger might be the only person on earth who can make a compression sleeve look cool. He has nothing on his right ankle, not a brace, not a sleeve, not a wrap, not a special sock. I mean, he has nothing on his ankle. And that is a really promising sign because that was going to be the biggest impediment uh, to him swinging the golf club effectively again. Okay. Reckless speculation time. You said the masters. I think that's a very, no, no, I don't. I I, no. I said, I still think the masters is a stretch. Oh, a stretch. All right. So uh, I'm going to go with, with three options here and I'll give you my answer. The players is the one I immediately thought of. And for a number of reasons, one, I mean, his record there and obviously it's, the fifth major, however you want to characterize that, but it's also Hall of Fame induction week. And so, and he is going into the Hall of Fame. So I think it would be a, a good tie-in. I can't imagine that he's ready to go by then. I, and I think the Masters, I'm kind of along with you. That seems to be the second option. If I had to put money down, and I am a gambling man, I don't know what the odds are right now. The Open Championship at St. Andrews, though, that one, to me, stands out as, huh, Interesting. I mean, we all know his record there. We all know what he's done there. The home of golf. We know what it means to him. I think that'd be an interesting pick. That is the one that I'm circling. Oh, wow. That the the Open Championship. St. Andrews. I think Augusta, I I still think second week of March 2022 is is still too quick for for Tiger to return to tournament golf. He's he's missed the Players' Championship before. I don't think he's necessarily uh, compelled to to go play there. I think he could easily do the Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, in my hometown now of of Ponte Vedra and just you know head on back home, uh, gas up the jet, and, and head back home for to continue his rehab. Augusta National is one of the most difficult walks in all of golf. You think back to Brooks Kepka just a couple weeks removed from his own knee surgery. He was really uh, 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 gritting it out and, and grinding just to make the cut. And he was unable to do so just a couple of weeks. And he talked about how much pain he was in old course, extremely flat, extremely easy to play. If the wind is down, that's a big, if yeah. of course, but that is the kind of golf course that tiger could use his, his golf course, IQ, his grit, his guile, um, his decades of institutional knowledge of how to play that golf course uh, to me, that makes a whole lot more sense 
than, than the Masters, unfortunately, in 2022. And I found it interesting last week talking with Davis Love and in this context, and this is before the two seconds of the Tiger Woods swing broke the internet, but he was talking about when he first took the job as next year's President's Cup captain for the U.S. team, it was based on the idea that Tiger did not want it. And I think the default setting in, was going to be, okay, Tiger, you had yours in Melbourne, in Australia. You did very, very well. Of course, you're, we're going to give you a second one. Do you want Charlotte? And Tiger turned him down. It was, no, I want to play. At that point, his game was obviously trending in all the right ways. Now is different, and Davis was very, very quick to say, whatever role he wants, he can have it. If he wants to be captain, I'll gladly step down. If he wants to be a vice captain, I'll gladly step down. If by some chance he feels like he can play, certainly giving that opportunity, that seems like a very, very long shot based on the conversation we just had about when we may even see him play competitive golf again. And again, reckless speculation. All of this is wild, reckless speculation. We have two seconds really is. to base all really of these is. opinions on. And journalistically, this is probably the low point of my career because we really don't know anything other than, wow, he's upright, swinging, looks good. Little three-quarter we're just, wedge. We're just, two dudes, we're just two dudes spitballing about a two-second video. That's right. And, and we've done it for 25 minutes. Someone on Twitter, and we always like, love to take suggestions on Twitter, suggested that we do this for an hour. Do you got an hour in you? At... N-J-P-W-J-K-C. We see you. We, we see, see you. you. We're not going to spend an hour because, frankly, we don't have enough to say. Uh, but I hope you are at least um, enjoying this conversation. Rex, Rex, please continue. I just wanted to give our friend uh, N-J-P-W-J-K-C uh, a shout out. Very well played. And no, I wanted to keep this tight. That's why I wanted to drive the ship today because there were three things that I felt like we had to touch on in this podcast. But, but in this- Rex, I... I want to. I, I actually do want to. Before we, change, what what do you make of the timing? Because I've seen some skepticism, uh, some cynicism, even on social media about the timing, and how was he just trying to gin up interest in the Hero World Challenge? I believe on this podcast last week you said a tournament official said that it was roughly fifty fifty that we were going to have a Tiger Woods media availability uh, ahead of the Hero World Challenge. That would be the first time. He talked to uh, any reporter or any media uh, member since the Genesis uh, about a couple of days before his life unraveled. What do you make of the timing of this? Does it increase the chances, in your opinion, that we're going to see Tiger next week answer some questions about what has happened over the past nine months? The line I've been given is still 50-50. I mean, they don't want to commit still, to anything. Still, still 50-50. And it's based entirely on the idea of does he want to have a press conference in person like we traditionally do? in the Bahamas with this room full of people, obviously uh, uncomfortable now during the age of COVID. Does he want to do a Zoom press conference or does he just want to avoid that altogether? I can imagine that the default for Tiger Woods is always, I would just rather not do it together because there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable questions that he probably doesn't feel like answering or can't answer because we're going to ask him the same thing that you and I just speculated on for the last 20 minutes about what do you think you can play again? How far along in the rehab process are you? How about what he... happened? How about what happened is the number one sure. question. What yeah. happened that day in February? Absolutely. So there's going to be a lot that goes into that. I would say it's probably a little bit better than 50-50 now, given what happened on Sunday and that infamous now two seconds. I would imagine he's going to be there regardless, only because we didn't play this event last year because of covid Hero is a very important sponsor to Tiger and the foundation, which does a lot of amazing work with kids around the country, really around the globe now. And I think given the option, he is at least going to be there to entertain the sponsors, probably to spend some time with the players, because I do think he's gotten to the stage in his life where he likes being in the locker room. He likes yucking it up with the boys. And as JT said on the No Laying Up podcast, he still likes to bust. Beep, beep, beep. You can fill in the blank. So, yes, I would say he's going to be there, again, probably 50-50. He talks to the press for the reason you just pointed out. There's some uncomfortable questions he either isn't ready or doesn't want to answer right now. I believe our friend uh, ESPN's Bob Herrig uh, has the uh, privacy tracker on Tiger's yacht, and he said that it is either uh, en route to the Bahamas or already uh, docking there. So that is uh, a promising sign that Tiger will be there in the flesh I got a head fake on that one so bad. You can't follow the yacht. I had I, one year there was kind of some sort of speculation that he was going to play the RSM Classic, which is played at Sea Island. And I think there had Davis had even mentioned to me that he was trying to talk Tiger into doing it again. 
kind of way out there. I just couldn't imagine he'd ever play that event. And I actually had a friend of mine who was a sheriff's deputy call me and to tell me that privacy was docked at Sea Island the week before the RSM. And everyone went nuts, just assuming, oh, he's going to play RSM. He's going to stay on the yacht. I, I don't know where it was going, but he didn't play RSM. He didn't stay on the yacht. I mean, I, I have no idea what it was there for. I mean, it's you can't. I don't know. I mean, good for Bob for track and privacy, but I don't know how much I put in that. I mean, if Tiger Woods can play the Wyndham Championship, that I think Tiger Woods uh, could eventually play uh, the RSM. I am, I am with you, Rex. He's definitely going to have an on-site presence. I'd be shocked if he was not there in person just because all the glad-handing uh, that he needs to do with his various sponsors, uh, certainly the 20-player field that is assembled there, they'd certainly be appreciative of, of seeing him there. I don't know how at this point you can't field some questions, even if, even if it is an Aaron Rodgers-type uh, a virtual Zoom situation i'm not sure he necessarily wants to sit down in a media tent and and answer questions uh that way uh but but over zoom over zoom um having a 20 to 25 minute spill session where quite frankly in the bahamas tigers had some of his uh, most revealing press conference moments you remember thinking back um over the years you know where he was was so grim a couple of years ago saying you know Whatever happens now is just kind of gravy in my career. We all thought he was done. Then, of course, he had the triumphant return um, at the end of – now I'm getting all my years mixed up. Is that 2017? Yes. Uh, where, he, where he came back. I mean, he's had some wild press conferences. So, so maybe he just wants to continue, quote, making progress. Um, and and, and have, I think there's something there. Sense. I think there's something there about it is his home course. And he, he does feel at home. He feels comfortable there. It's a very, very small – event it's a small field it's intimate now it's going to be what five to seven media uh media members there i mean it's, ne- yeah. it's never fully attended yes. and probably less than that i mean we talked about this a couple of weeks ago travel restrictions to bermuda were tight travel restrictions to the bahamas aren't quite as tight but i think you'll run into the same thing so i think there is a comfort level there we've seen it as you pointed out in press conferences before and, and you're right i would expect him to at the very least do some sort of zoom call and and probably make the rounds with, I don't know, the Golf Channel in ESPN and do some sort of sit down with them. So I think by this time next week, we'll have a better handle on all of these questions that were coming up. That said, like I said, I wanted to keep this tight and move on to the second of three topics I wanted to touch on. Rory McIlroy and the famous nip slip. What happened there, man? What happened? Sorry, and sorry, NJPWJKC. Uh, we gave you about 30 minutes and that's all uh, we can oh, handle. I, Look, I think I think the eventual leaderboard looks looks bad for Rory. Like he he shot 74, uh, he ended up uh in a tie for six. He bogeyed three of his last four holes. But he was tied for the lead Rex on the 15th hole when his approach clanked off the flagstick, went back in a bunker, and he ended up making bogey a drop out of lead. Then he pressed us on the next screen. Three jacks at an I-18. He was basically just giving up at that point. So frustrated. Uh, with three, three bogeys in his last four holes. Uh, lost an opportunity to close out his official 2021 year. He is going to be playing uh, next week in the Bahamas at Tigers event. His official calendar year trying to win back-to-back events. Did not get it done. At Tormis, uh, I believe that's Bernie McGuire, our, our good pal, uh, snapping the, the photo that, oh, that made the it's, rounds. Tormes is Fatia. She took the picture. Don't, don't do that. It's not Bernie. It's Fatia. They work for the same company. It's Bernie's, it's Bernie's uh, outlet. Yes, but I, think, I do think Fatia actually, t- she's at Tormes. I think she took the picture. What a shot. I mean, Rory had, Rory literally ripped, like Hulk Hogan style, ripped his polo. It wasn't a clean rip. It was clearly just a, a rip of, of unadulterated aggression and, and rage. I mean, this is a player who's, who's flung irons before he snapped him over his knee. I kind of like it. I think it shows Roy's fires back, even if that's not necessarily his, his closing abilities up to snuff. Uh, I had three things on Twitter that, that really got my attention this week uh, for three obvious reasons. It was the two second video that you, that I retweeted, that you retweeted, that everyone retweeted. There was this, and, and I tweeted essentially what you just said. I said, I have seen Roy snap a wedge over his knee. I have seen him fling a five iron into a pond at Doral. And now I've seen him <laughs> rip his shirt. And my only take on that was say what you will about him. I mean, the guy is passionate. He cares. I mean, I think if we've learned anything about Rory. But that's, that's the, isn't that the knock on Rory? Is that he just kind of he doesn't care that he's soft. I think sometimes yeah. it, it's, and I was he's amazed. Just content, he's, he's just content with his gilded life, I believe is the criticism of Rory. Uh, yes. And I was amazed. And, and I don't want Twitter to dictate ha- sort of the, the topics on this podcast. Cause I feel like it can be such a cesspool. That being said, 
I was amazed at the people. It seemed like a pretty fair split that that kind of agreed with me that, you know, said, oh, well, you know, well, Justin, Tom, Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas, agreed with Justin you. Thomas did agree with me, which uh, made me feel a little bit better. But there was also people and I don't know that this is not true that pointed out that if Patrick Reed had done the exact same thing, I probably wouldn't have tweeted the same thing. If Bryson DeChambeau had done the exact same thing, I probably would have if had Tara, a different that's, on this is like a this is like a regular tournament run for Terrell Hatton. Uh, yes, yes. I, I think it would have been status quo for, for Terrell Hatton. Um, but there are plenty of players, Brooks Kepka, who, if he did the same thing, I think all of us might have probably, I would say, would have a different opinion of this. It would be he's a petulant child. He needs to get his anger in check. And I, I see exactly where these people were coming from. I don't disagree with them whatsoever. And I think I, I, I've said this time and time again, I'm kind of in the tank when it comes to Roy. I have a, um, you an enormous kind of, of kind of in the tank. I, I I have an enormous amount of respect for him as a player and as a person, as a husband and as a father, simply because of the way he handles himself more times than not. Now, I've never ripped a shirt in anger on the golf course. I don't think I what could. A bizarre, that's, see, that's like the weird thing to be like, what a bizarre outburst of, of rage. We've of all the things he could do, ripping his shirt yeah. was it. Well, why? Like I've, I've left PJ tour events before in like the garbage can next to scoring. Like you see putters in there, you see driver shafts that have been snapped in half, like totally get it. I've seen guys go absolutely irate on their golf bags. I've seen players break up with their girlfriends. Like there's, there's various things that you can do after a round, but rip your shirt, like literally like Hulk Hogan style is, is, is so bizarre, but I will say funny. it was funny. I laughed. Like I would, I would love to have had a, a video of this. Like, was it a, was it a clean rip? Did he struggle with it? I mean, he is Nike's it. is is Nike's apparel like like rip resistant? Like, I would. These are all questions. Um, did he have to use scissors? Like, these are all questions that I wish we had answered. But I will say, Rex, at the CJ Cup in Vegas about a month ago, Rory said that he tended to give himself a break. You remember this? He said yeah. that you know, I I, I tend to. I tend to look at how great my life is and just kind of dismiss some of my bad results when I should be holding myself to a higher standard. Yeah. A final round 74, when you had the 54 hole lead, when you had the tournament all wrapped up, when you were in a great position uh, to win that tournament, maybe not the race to Dubai, but to win that particular tournament and you didn't get it done. I kind of like seeing this fire. I kind of like seeing this passion. Isn't it an absolutely bizarre way to express that? Yeah. Uh, I think I think I think ripping your shirt uh, on the on the way to the scoring tent is definitely a bizarre way to do that. Uh, however, I don't know. I I feel like Roy has turned. I feel like Roy has turned a, a corner in his in his mind, and I think it actually bodes well for twenty twenty two. I do, and the whole point of that conversation in Las Vegas was sometimes I let myself off the hook, telling myself I have a good life, I have a good wife, I have a healthy child, I have plenty of money, all of those things. And his point was like. I probably need to be a little harder on myself and, and not let these things just roll off my back. This is a, a perfect example of that. I'm with you. I have seen anger in what I thought was every form on the PGA Tour. I have seen players kick garbage cans. I have seen them fling coolers filled with water. John Rom, John Rom, we are we are looking at you. I've seen you punch a tee right at you. No, I think Hendrick Stenson would be right there. I mean, Hendrick Stenson had turned the club snap. Thomas Peters is just is just. He's, he's just violent. There's no other way to say he's, he's a, he's a, he's a violent golfer. No, but I think you touched on the most important question because even, and look, Rory's in very, very good shape. We all know that, but even in his advanced stage of shape, I don't know that he can get a clean rep. I don't know if that just goes full Hulk and he just comes apart in pieces and he just explodes in rage. I don't think, I think there had to be some tugging and some pulling. I I bet it had to be awkward. Grunting, grunting, moaning, more awkwardness. More anger because it didn't happen cleanly. Now, now I'm just pulling and I look stupid now. now so I have to try now harder. He's, now he's just embarrassed. I mean, it was, I would have loved to see video. I mean, forget forget Tiger's two second swing video. Tiger or Rory trying to to rip his shirt off of his chest would have been uh, the video that would have broken the internet. We've talked a lot about Rory. Rex, how about how about how about my boy, the guy who actually won. The Galtram, the guy who did the anti-Rory, and that is shooting a back nine 31, uh, I think four birdies in his last six holes. I mean, Kyle Morikawa has done everything uh, at such an early age, basically Tiger-like um, in, his, in uh, the, the number of things he has accomplished in such an early clip. So why not become the first American, 
at age 24 uh, in particular, to win the European Tours race to Dubai. He didn't play many European Tour events. Let's be, let's be clear about that. He played the Scottish Open. He played in Abu Dhabi. Did not fare particularly well, but he got a whole lot of points from the WGCs and, of course, his Open Championship victory. And then he went out as the number one and won the golf tournament in Dubai. You have criticized Morikawa on this podcast a number of times. Uh, sometimes uh, fairly, uh, other times not so much. What is your take of how Kamora capped his 2021 year with this win at the DP World Tour Championship? I mean, that's no easy thing to do. I mean, regardless, we, we can sit here and have fun. We have fun with Rory and ripping his shirt. And uh, I do want to point out, Rory did get wildly unlucky bouncing the approach. Horribly unlucky. Yes. I mean, it, it was a very, very bad bounce, and it happens in golf. But that takes nothing away from Morikawa. And, and you're right. I, I was having this conversation yesterday with a colleague about I have questioned Morikawa's consistency as a putter, that when he's putting well, his ball striking is so good that, yes, he's if going he to putts be- well, he's he's actually going to win. Like there's just he's just not going to lose. That's just I, I've come around. Matter. I, I don't there, there is no debate on that. I guess the only thing I would continue kind of dig in on my side. I don't know how consistent he is as a putter. He's very, very young and that can change. We have seen players evolve and improve the ceiling. There is still there for Colin Morikawa, which is frightening. I saw a really cool meme of him walking through the airport in Dubai and someone had like photoshopped in a wagon filled with all the trophies he won with, you know, the, the, the race, you know, the uh, one million bucks too. Yeah. Yeah. The tour championship trophy and the WGC trophy and the major championship trophy and everything that he's done. And it is absolutely amazing. I mean, when you consider it, I, I guess I, I'm going to go on the other side of this now. I'm going to do what I did with Bubba and I'm going to get out of the Colin Morikawa doubting business because you're welcome. Right. Welcome Rex. It only when took he, you two he, years. When, no, when he's on, and again, I don't know if he's really truly a consistent putter, but he can be. That's the part that gets me. Like He's got room to improve despite or because of all of the success he's already had, which is very, very impressive. And I, I would also say that, if I'm not mistaken, Morikawa had to be paired with Rory, right? He did in the third round. He didn't, he didn't in the final round, no. So who was paired with Rory? I, I, I want to find out who was paired with him because I really need to get in their face and find out. So what did this look like? Because I need to wasn't I really it, wasn't need to know. It the, wasn't it the Bjork guy? Wasn't it the oh, Bjork? It? I, I don't even know what a Bjork's first name is, but I think it was Bjork. That might be difficult. I was hoping it was Morikawa because he probably would have something funny to say about. So, I mean, did it happen in slow motion? Was it awkward? Was it there grunting involved? Did you have to use scissors? Like, were, were scissors involved or did he just go straight bicep? bicep rip like it is that that is that, that is an exercise rex you're you're a workout fiend you know that like cross that like cross uh stretching with the with the uh with the bow machine like you know what i'm talking about like, yeah, yeah, yeah that is that is that is a movement that he would be doing uh, it, it, so I, I, I really do have questions on that yeah i have so many questions and i will say this the rsm classic is my fifth major we all know that last week was magical for me for all the reasons that i've pointed out on twitter between the food and the people and the golf and everything else that goes into it Based on what happened yesterday, the RSM Classic, and no disrespect, I'm, I've been there for all 12 of the RSMs. I will be there for the next 12. I, I'm, to- I'm all in for the RSM Classic. It was probably the fifth most important thing that happened yesterday. Is that fair? Uh, probably so. I mean, just Between the two-second video with Tiger Woods, Morikawa. Yeah, Morikawa. Ripping Rory, his shirt. LPGA, LPGA I wanted, which I want to touch on real quick. I mean, just an incredible finish. Rex, think about this. Jin Young Ko, who ended up winning uh, not only the CME Group Tour Championship, but also the Rolex Player of the Year Award. She hit her final 63 greens in a row. I want to say that again because it almost seems impossible. She hit 63 consecutive greens in regulation to close out this tournament. I don't care how big the greens are. I don't care how receptive they are. You're bound to miss hit a couple of them. You're bound to make a poor swing and come over the top and pull it left. You're bound to wipe one a little bit right, dump it short. She hit 63 consecutive greens in regulation. And she, and she did so with a bum wrist, a wrist that has been bothering her for months, a wrist that has curtailed some of her practice sessions before rounds, a wrist injury that even had her on the verge of tears on Thursday and wanting to withdraw. Even with all of that, she hit 63 consecutive greens in a row. I mean, just an 
undescribably good uh, performance of golf by Jin Young Ko to not just beat Nelly Korda, uh, but the best players on the all LPGA. So I do want to give a shout out. I know this is a PGA Tour centric podcast today, especially with the Tiger news, but Jin Young Ko, tip of the cap. Rex, you probably even had, even had like two or three consecutive greens in regulation, but to do it in the season finale, 63 in a row, like unfathomable. No, no. And I did notice that. I mean, I was obviously preoccupied with the, the telecast at the RSM Classic, but I mean, it was an impressive. I mean, didn't, didn't she run off five consecutive birdies or six consecutive birdies on the front nine to just to pull away? And went out, went out with 30, shot 63, the best run of the day uh, by a shot. She did so while playing in the final group. She now has five wins of the year. And even though she didn't have a major, even though she didn't have Olympic gold medal, she is uh, the player of the year. I think this will probably be the year on the LPJ that Nelly became a household name. You know, I think even casual golf fans now know who Nelly Korda is. Uh, but Jin Young Ko kind of established herself as one of the all-time greats because she just keeps doing it. And I'm not sure there's ever been a player who performs like she does uh, in the clutch, um, it, just under pressure. I mean, just, just an indescribably um, stellar performance of, of golf, especially with her irons. How about how about your boy Taylor Gooch, uh, basically, you know, running away with the golf tournament? That was kind of a sleepy RSM. I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Uh, I watched it. I enjoyed it. it I, I enjoyed it on uh, Friday and Saturday. Thursday was very very calm conditions. They took it apart. Sebastian Munoz tied the course record with a 60. The next two days, it was may- mayhem and chaos and carnage and everything that goes along when the wind starts to blow in that part of the world. And it's all the things we enjoy, but yes, uh, Taylor Gooch, who had been amazing in the fall, he had played before this week. He had four top 15 finishes already. He'd been trending, trending. He'd been trending in that direction. And he was just dominant. I mean, I, it was interesting talking to him on Saturday night about maybe the pressure you're going to feel on a Sunday trying to get that first PGA tour win. he's been in that position a couple of times and not gotten it done. And I love the story. He went straight to 2016 second stage of Q school in Dallas. And he played his first three holes in two over par and he's walking to the fourth hole. And the only thought that comes to his mind is I'm going to have to get a job at Best Buy. And I was fascinated by the idea of why did Best Buy pop into his mind? Like in my mind, it's not that bad of a job. He's got to be a gamer. He's got to be, he's got to be a gamer. He's got to be a video gamer. Is that it? I asked him, my follow-up was, did you just got something against name tags or is it electronics that you don't like? Like, why did that pop into your head? And his point was not to be mean to Best Buy employees at all. And he goes, I'm not qualified for anything else. I've never had another job. And it was the only thing that came to mind. I feel like that is being mean uh, to Best Buy employees. So we are uh, going to move on. We're, we're, we're actually off track. No, no, no. You've got, yeah. We've gotten off track. So we're going to finish strong here. And what happened no, last no, week? But we were, so, so, so we were actually supposed to be doing PJ Tour uh, award since that was the final uh, event of the 2021 we calendar will. year on the PGA we'll Tour. We'll obviously, obviously, some news came out. Obviously, you had the Tiger news. Obviously, you had uh, the great finishes on both the European Tour uh, and the LPGA, and you wrapping up the RSM. We are going to get to that next week, guys. We are going to hand out uh, PGA Tour weeks. awards. I know, no, 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 I know two you guys weeks. were not, not this next entire week. Two time. Weeks. No, I thought we were doing it next week. Well, no, it's, I'm at the Hero next week. We We have Tiger going on. We actually have... We will probably have more to discuss about Tiger. We will be able to do that hour for our friend on Twitter next week after Tiger talks in theory. All right. Fair enough. But I, I know people uh, have been listening to this podcast wondering after I promised them last week where the awards are. We are going to get to that. Apparently not next week, uh, the week Two after weeks. that. But, but Rex, uh, it wasn't the only memorable interaction that you had in the scrum area last week. Uh, the first, of course, with Taylor Gooch uh, and his knock on Best Buy employees. What was the second one with Scott Stongs? Would you please uh, enlighten, the, enlighten the listeners? And again, these are three topics that were driven entirely by the responses on Twitter. And Scott Stallings threw it out there when I think someone asked him, what are you doing next week after this event? Because it was the last regular season event. And he mentioned Thanksgiving and he said, and I don't want to, to get this out of context, but his take was not that Thanksgiving, you had this wrong. It was Thanksgiving food is overrated. You thought he was dumping on you the can't holiday. Knock, you can't knock the food. Because yes, you're knocking the you can. You can't. And his so point is valid. I agree those with are not, those are not. Those are not mutually exclusive. No, you ratioed him for the wrong reason. You said, how can you be against the holiday? And my point back to you was, he's not against the holiday. He's he against, is against he's the gonna, holiday. If you are against no. Thanksgiving food, then you are against Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. His point was, if it was so good, how come we don't have turkey 
and dressing and mashed potatoes and gravy every week of the year. And we don't. We don't because frozen turkeys are kind of expensive. And secondly, because people don't do turkey right. That is not a, that's not a me problem. I do turkey correctly. I do turkey, I would even say well. And so we actually do have turkeys throughout the year. It just is a, it's just a process because they tend to be frozen. You tend to, you know, you got to thaw them out for four or five days. And if you guys listen to this podcast on Monday of Thanksgiving week and you have not already moved your frozen turkey uh, into the fridge to help a thaw, uh, sorry, but you're going to have to order out for Thanksgiving. It is not going to be uh, ready in time. Four days? This is always- You've got to do that four days in advance? Is that right? Uh, it's like five days. And I've actually had a, a turkey that needed six full days to fully, de- to, to fully, uh, All right, that just sounds like uh, too much work then. De- thought. So, so here's, here's the issue, Rex, because this is a common criticism of Thanksgiving. And to me, it is the number one holiday. And as I wrote on Twitter, I don't think it is particularly close. The number is, one holiday? Is a Thanksgiving turkey my favorite meal of the year? No. For me, that is Christmas Eve. We have beef tenderloin and mashed potatoes. Uh, it is absolutely delicious. It is not my favorite meal, but it is. It is not my favorite meal, but it is my favorite meal to prepare because a lot goes into it. You really have to take pride in your barbecue. And yes, turkey is a form of barbecue. If you want to do it right, then yes, I personally get a fresh turkey, so you don't have to deal with the thawing out process. If you are thawing it out in your fridge, then you have to go through the thawing process. You have to go through the brine, which is always a misstep. That. That's the reason why turkey gets such a bad rap because it is not flavorful. It is not moist. It is not juicy. Brining is an absolutely pivotal step. You have to inject. I tend to inject with a Creole butter. You have to season it properly. You have to have the various accoutrements to make Thanksgiving meal uh, what you want it to be. It is a labor of love. But when you have an entire day, Rex, that is dedicated to smoking, to drinking, to watching football, it is the number one holiday, and yes, that involves the food. If you knock Thanksgiving food, if you do not like the turkey, mashed potatoes, the green bean casserole, uh, uh, the cranberry sauce, like if if you're not into that, sorry, then you don't like Thanksgiving, and I don't want to hear I don't want to hear another word about it. All right, now that's over. Yeah, now that you're breathless and off your soapbox, I'm just going to counter with the idea that first and foremost, this is the only the first time since my wife and I have been married that we will not be in New Orleans where her family is from for Thanksgiving. And my point to Scott, when we, after the interview was over, we moved to the side and he expounded on his ideas. And I explained to him that Thanksgiving in New thank Orleans- God. Thank God, Rex, that you had a follow-up on this. I did. Of course I did. And, and again, I agree with Scott. I'm with him on this one. My point was- they do it differently in New Orleans. You're with you them. Imagine. You're with them. I agree with him because when we go to New Orleans, they do it differently. They do it New Orleans style. So you have such a, such a brown noser. You have oyster pie. You have crawfish dressing. You have fried turkeys, which goes to your point. You have smoked turkeys, which goes to your point. I got nothing against turkey. I just don't like the idea of the way it's always done. Maybe I don't like the way my mom did it. But that I, is, I, see, that's. That's the problem. If you just have a turkey that you shove in the oven at 350, yeah, you're, it's probably not going to turn out right. That's why you have all of these various methods, whether it's smoking, whether it's frying. And guys, Scott uh, Stallings a- is going to have a turkey. He's going to smoke a turkey, and then he's going to also do. Is he, uh, he's going to smoke a turkey, but he's but he doesn't like it. And he's going to do beef ribs, and he's just going to do different things. That's this was the only point he was trying to make: is that look different things. So in my mind, like. Thanksgiving to me is New Orleans Thanksgiving with all of these different things. And it's so good and it's so flavorful. And you get this sort of rich history in this, this part of New Orleans that you normally wouldn't get any other time of year. So I love the holiday. I love the meal. But when I go back pre-New Orleans to what I had as a kid, I'm 100% with them. It is not my favorite meal of the year by far. And I, I agree with him. It's overrated. I said it. That's, That's right. Hot take. Coming in hot. That's the problem problem. is that we grew up uh, in a time without YouTube and without these various barbecue pit pit masters showing us how to do things better. So Rex, even though apparently it it is an overrated meal to you, what are you doing? How are you preparing your Thanksgiving meal now that you are not going to New Orleans? We are going to do a Friendsgiving actually. So with with some friends in the neighborhood. A super spreader. Great idea. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can look at it that way. Well, we're not going to New Orleans because we want to avoid a super spreader event because there are some older folks in our family and some of them 
and her family, including, and including, of, including yourself. Uh, yeah, I guess that would qualify me, but no, some, some of my, our kids' friends are coming over and we have friends. And so there will be, uh, there's going to be a fried turkey that one of my neighbors is doing. I'm going to do ribs. I'm going to smoke ribs. Um, I've never done beef ribs. I'll probably have to touch base with you on that one and, and consider that because, uh, I was going to do pork, my, just my normal, uh, St. Louis do pork ribs because beef ribs take a long time. You're probably not going to have them ready by the time that you're sitting down for, for dinner. It, like it takes a long time for that fat. Like, what's a long time? I mean, it's basically a brisket. So you're looking at eight to 10 hours, depending on how big your ribs are. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have that in me. Anyway, so it, it'll be fun. And my wife, again, being from New Orleans, she's going to do oyster pie, pie. She's going to do crawfish dressing, all of the things that I love. So it is going to be, uh, I'm with Scott. It's going to be something different than what people usually associate with Thanksgiving food. He loves the holiday. We That's the beauty the of Thanksgiving. Holiday. You can make it your own. Well, we all love the holiday. I mean, you can still love Thanksgiving and have lasagna. Like, I, I don't know why people get caught up with having the same old dry turkey. I think that's what he was responding to. Not so much. He's got nothing against the pilgrims or the Indians or anything else this holiday is about. It's a harvest that's holiday. User error. That's user error if your turkey is dry. Whether Scott's putting it in the oven, whether he's putting it on a smoker. Scott, if you do not like Thanksgiving food, that is your fault. Only you uh, have the potential uh, to change it. Rex, thank you for uh, asking what I'm doing for my Thanksgiving. Uh, we also are doing it, friends. <laughs> Uh, Thanksgiving as well. Super spreader. Uh, yes, I've got a three-year-old or soon to be three-year-old uh, and a baby. So we have to do a lot of things outside in the morning. We're going to do cornhole, mimosas. I'm going to smoke a ham nice. uh, in the morning. So we're going to do some ham. And then mid-afternoon, I'm going to do my usual uh, Cajun turkey. We had kind of the, uh, we went up to Reynolds uh, Lake Coney last week to do our traditional Thanksgiving um, I smoked a turkey there. I did not get to use the flavor profile um, that I like to do because my father-in-law, uh, God bless him, uh, has the palate that my three-year-old does and does not like any sort of flavor uh, or spice. So this time we will do the Cajun butter. We'll do the Cajun seasoning. Uh, very much looking forward to that turkey. If you guys have never done that before, strongly suggested. It is not too spicy for your family. Go find some Cajun injection. Go find some Cajun seasoning. I think you'll be very pleased with the product. And then we're going to go over to our friend's house to have desserts, uh, fall cocktails. Um, I think it should be a, a very good Thanksgiving, Rex. And I wish you and yours uh, a happy day. Even though you did not come by, to, yeah. even though you were literally uh, three and a half miles away from my house, you just drove right past, didn't even think twice about it on your way home from the RSM. I did not because traffic was awful because I was going through Jacksonville right as uh, your bad football team had just finished up a game. So the, the traffic was horrible on i-95 so i was just kind of fighting my way through frustrated just wanted to get home been a been a long week everyone happy thanksgiving this week enjoy your turkey enjoy your family enjoy what is in lavender's opinion the best holiday of the year we'll talk to you next week i'll be in the bahamas he will be in jacksonville and we'll be talking tiger see you